It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. What's up, bitches? Oh, wow. Wow, Dave. Is this the new you? Oh, yeah. You're a shock jock now, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Drinking wine, calling you bitches. Yeah. Wow. Yes, you are drinking wine, white wine. Interesting. Lady What grape is it? What grape, Dave? It's a Sauvignon Blanc. A Sauvignon Blanc, okay. Uh, from Marlborough. Oh, it, Australia. It, it's Marlborough's actually New Zealand. And it was actually that was actually a question on who wants to be a millionaire. Did, did you did you win a million pounds? I was watching the other night. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely was. Really? Yeah, the guy guessed Australia as well. Lost about seven grand. Um, no, it's... it's <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't know where to go from there. Yeah, it's, just, it's just true. I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm not being a dick about it. It's just you said something that was factually wrong and I just felt like it was... Yeah. Well, that, to break that. well, that must have been, for, the, for that guy who got the question wrong, it must have been a disappointing loss. Just like the Cambridge game. Nice. Oh, very good, very good. Do you want to be host now, Dave? Is that the way it is? I mean, last week you were trying to move us on to the next subject at a time of your choosing. Now you're doing the links. Yeah. You, well, soon you'll be wanting my fee, my eight my, my pound <laughs> fee for each episode. Uh, so, uh, that sounds yes. believable. There is no fee, just to clarify. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was looking for a figure. Like, <laughs> Eight-figure fee would have been. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes, our last game. Uh, unfortunately, our players did receive a fee for that match. <laughs> uh, our last game... Couldn't uh, let me have it, could you? You couldn't let me have it, could you? Our last match was against uh, the mighty Cambridge United. Uh, a third-round tie against lower league opposition. Unfortunately, uh, that is the sort of game that our previous manager, manager Steve Bruce, was able to handle. But unfortunately, 
Eddie Howe wasn't, was he, Dave? You you watched it, didn't you? Yeah, on on a stream that wasn't great, but I've seen I've seen a lot of people losing their minds over it, saying it was a disgrace and it was embarrassing, the most embarrassing performance in in however long. I don't think it was like the first. 60 minutes we were all over them and for the want of a, a striker we would have been like two or three goals up I think their keeper had an absolute world-class performance they defended like Lions and their centre forward really really put our like makeshift centre-back partnership under under pressure I think they deserved the win but um some of the people like <clears throat> one of the um popular Twitter accounts was saying that we should reimburse the fans for what they had to sit through. It's like, fuck off. It was it was fine. Like we we had 20 summit shots, nine of them on target. And like I say, their keeper had to produce at least two top draw, world-class saves to keep us out. So it was disappointing. It's an embarrassing result, but in terms of performance, we were all right. Okay. Now do that again and pretend mm-hmm. Steve Bruce was the manager. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually knew that you'd bring that up. Because, oh god! Uh, no, but, no, I don't want to get into Steve Bruce. That's no, fine. no, no. Sorry, I'm swinging you up. Yeah. So no, the, like the 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 good things that I'll take from it is that Joe Linton had another good game. Kieran Trippier looked class, like class in a glass. He was a cut above everybody else on that pitch. The thing is. And I think that this is the overwhelming um, drive behind uh, the response to the game. It was against Cambridge United. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, that's the context, isn't it? And it's, it's against Cambridge United in a season where we've been doing terribly for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what seems to happen at the moment is the mood is pretty good during the mood will be uh will build in positivity through the week and then we'll have a match we'll have to play it we'll have the unfortunate um duty to play a football match in which case the mood deteriorates again everything's great at the minute apart from football (laughs) everything's going really well at the club and then football keeps getting in the way yeah, you didn't watch the game, did you, Paul? But no, only seen highlights. But I think as well, we've we've played worse against Premier League teams this and last season and picked up points. I think, like Dave, it's just the lack of a striker. I don't think Dwight Gale was available. But I don't know. I think part it was a weird one. Part of me, if you're going to go out of the FA Cup in the third round. I sort of prefer it being a giant killing in a sold-out crowd. I mean, it was hard to feel totally bad when you saw how much it meant to the Cambridge fans, which is probably not a popular Newcastle view. But I'd rather that than a sort of extra-time defeat to Burnley or something like we had in yeah. the Carling Cup or in penalties. I thought it was... I managed to see bits of it. I saw about... I think I saw about the last 10, 15 minutes of each half. Um I thought it was overwhelmingly just quite funny. I found it, and again, I'm in a real minority of Newcastle fans on that count. 
I just find it quite funny. You know, we're the richest club in the world now, but we're utter shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we'll like build ourselves up about any player that we get connected with or signed. I mean, I, I'm, let me just say, Kieran Trippier, we don't know. We said last week, you don't know how it's going to go. There's no, there's no guarantees, but he is a really good signing. He's but probably our player best that, player now. Uh, Immediately. Uh, yeah, you'd have to say so. Him or St. Maxman. Probably him because he's, you know, more sort of result orientated. Um, but, you know, every anyone we sign gets like really hyped up and the mood really lifts. But, you know, we're so far away from being a, a not embarrassing football team. Yeah, I think that I think, could think be a positive, a... though. I mean, her, the chairman was there on Saturday. I think if there were any thoughts behind the scenes that maybe we don't need to sign a striker, we can get through with St. Maximin up front, or maybe we can cobble together a defence with what we've currently got. Feels like a fire might have been lit under them after watching that game. Hmm. Well, I should have previewed it at the beginning of the show, but it as it stands at time of recording, um, Chris Wood, we're told, is on his way for a medical. Um, I guess we'll talk about that after the break, you know, just to keep you listening. Anything else on Cambridge? <laughs> Has there ever been a more tantalising break? Yeah. <laughs> a man clearly underwhelmed talking about Chris Wood. <laughs> sure, look, I'm underwhelmed by everything anymore uh, now. But all I was going to say is like, yes, we're the richest club on on the planet, but it's kind of like the gap between winning the lottery and getting the money in your account. Like until we can start seeing the benefits of that cash, it's, it might as well not exist. So signing Kieran Trippier for 12 million quid isn't, it's not like a wow transfer you know it's not it's not the it's not like a a signal that where we've arrived or anything it's a really good transfer and i'm impressed with him but he's not like he isn't like a marquee signing um so yeah it's it's like being a lottery winner and not having the you know not having the flash car and the big house yet well i'll tell you one thing that could be said about the cambridge game Callum wilson wasn't available uh, what happened to Dwight Gale? We, we, I mean, it seems like we desperately needed a striker. Well, he wasn't on the bench. You'd have to assume it's either injury or COVID. Right. All hail Tika said, how can Dwight Gale not get a game in this team? Any idea why he wasn't playing? I'm pretty yeah, sure it's if COVID. If he wasn't on the bench, that would say, yeah, there's something going on. I think as well, it did feel like a selection mistake to play St Maximin up front you sort of I can understand in the Premier League not wanting to play so is it Stevenson I like young striker Anderson no not Anderson oh no Dylan Stevenson yeah yeah you can understand not wanting to play him against a Premier League team but you would think against a league one side a striker even a kid would be worth throwing in yeah that's what I think the thing is because he, he did select a very strong side, you know, as much as it's it's possible to 
to say that sentence with that squad. <laughs> but from from what we had available, he se- selected a strong side. And I, I think Eddie Howe looked at it like, well, our form is terrible. We need a win from somewhere. And I, I want to do everything I can to make sure that we get that morale-boosting win against lower league opposition. And it just didn't work out. You know, I saw some people saying we should have brought on youth from the bench because we did have uh, Elliot Anson and I think Joe White on the bench. Mm-hmm. I think if you, you know, play St. Maximin up front on his own, you take away a striker who can actually get into those positions from the front line and you remove St. Maximin from his strongest positions. So it's two negatives. Yeah, I think what he could have done is have that pretty much the same lineup, but with Stevenson up front or Anderson or Joe White, whatever. Have those, that that one kid up front and name a very strong side. Nobody would look at the 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 squad and think, oh, he's he's jacked in the the cop. He's not taking it seriously, and we could still take any any momentum from a very strong side plus a kid. Winning at Cambridge, I think he got that wrong. Maximum, yes, is is not a striker. That's definitely not his strongest position. And you know, and I want, I don't want to shit on a player who I've never seen play in Dylan Stevenson. But if you look at, I mean, Adam Armstrong aside, if you look at our players who've come up through the ranks in recent years, most of them have not turned out to be football league players, really. Ivan Tony, Adam sure, Armstrong. We bought, him, we bought him, right? You know, but Mitrovic, who's now well the ones who've No, I'm talking I'm talking about people that I'm talking about people players who came through our academy. I'm just mm-hmm. saying I'm well I guess what I'm saying is yes, we have a player called Dylan Stevenson who is officially a striker for our youth team, <laughs> but that does not mean that he's a better striker than St. Maximin. No, but I think... I accept, not a striker. But but. this is what we thought about Sean Longstaff and Matty Longstaff before they had to be thrown in. It seems odd, any other position, if it was an injury crisis, you would select a player from that position to be in there. But for striker, for some reason, we don't seem to do that. It wasn't just Mm. St. Max, and we seemed to rotate the strikes. You had Murphy playing up front at times and Fraser up front, and there's... I think either of yeah. those three could work as part of a front two alongside a striker. I think that St. Maximum showed that against Man U, that he can work in that position. But playing them as a lone number nine seems a waste of yeah. all of it. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're probably right. I thought I'd give the counter. Um, let's have a break. There's not much more to say about Cambridge. Is there anyone else got anything to say about Cambridge? No. All right, well, we'll have a break and then we'll get into what is easily the most entertaining thing to talk about when it comes to Newcastle these days, and that is anything but the actual matches we are playing and instead the imaginary matches we could be playing when we buy these imaginary players. Uh, We'll have a break and speak to you in a moment. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. It, it's been pointed out to me that I was quite miserable in that first half. <laughs> I, 
I think that's a completely fair point. I don't know why it was exactly. I don't think it was particularly to do with the football or the company. I just don't think I'd sufficiently... Usually, I do a few lines of coke before every record. <laughs> and unfortunately, my dealer is self-isolating and um, it was, of course, unable to arrange. No, I just... I don't know why. I think it's maybe because I've been listening to uh, Hilary Mantel's classic, Wolf Hall. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a laugh a page. Well, yeah. It's I a romp. I'm in mean, quite a sort of sombre 16th century mood. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you something else that's in a sombre 16th century <laughs> No, we do actually have some, what some would term positive news. It has to be positive news, considering as the first half of the show proved we have no recognised adult striker uh, currently fit. Um, it looks like we're signing Chris Wood for £20 million or thereabouts. Paul, thoughts? I think it could be a very good signing. I suggested it on the WhatsApp group a couple of weeks ago as a joke because we were all talking about the sort of strikers we'd get. But actually, you look at... We've actually had quite a lot of crosses going into the box this season already. Look at like the number of chances players like Matt Ritchie have created where there's just... like Wilson's quite good, but it feels like we've been lacking a different type of striker at times. But if there's a Premier League striker... 30, so not past his prime at all, who's got double figures for the last four seasons for 20. The the numbers make complete sense. He gets a goal every three games, basically. Not this season. You've got three goals this season. Yeah, but, but this is so far this season as well. Sure. No, I, you make a case. It is true that um, it does say something that our sort of expectations of fans, as fans are, you'd have to say, becoming more realistic. I mean, there's a characterization out there that we all thought we were going to get Mbappe three months ago, and I don't think that was ever really true for 95% of Newcastle fans. But there's certainly some Newcastle fans who didn't go into this window hoping that we'd get Chris Wood. I mean, Paul, you were more excited about... I mean, Dave, you were more excited about Vlahovic. Is that how we say it? Sure. sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's not... Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I was more excited about Vlahovic, but then, but then that was because, you know, he's a £60, £70 million pound rated striker who's tearing it up in the league at the minute and he's on the young side and all those things that, that you know could excite you but the fact of the matter is that Chris Wood is an immediate solution to a problem that we've got the money that they're that they're talking about isn't isn't outrageous for a player of his ability and his age and all the rest of it most importantly it strengthens us in a period where we're pretty weak up front and it it weakens a relegation rival because it's true for all, for like best will in the world to um, what's that Maxwell Cornet? He, he, you know, he started quite well, but he's it's you know it's his first season in the Premier League, and Burnley don't have a 
like they don't have a lot of good players, and Chris Wood is a reliable striker who, as Paul says, double figures in the last four seasons. If he gets to if he gets like double figures in the second half of the season for us, then amazing, brilliant. Because Wilson will at some stage come back, which means that if we're drawing a game or losing a game by the odd goal, bring on a fucking wrecking ball. Yeah, I we've not had that for a while. Hopefully he is uh, one of a few signings uh, in January. Um, it's, I can see all the arguments for him. I'm not disappointed by it. I think I'm glad that we I think there's a realisation probably from our owners as well that it's it's not easy to get who you want. And we, especially considering the last game, we do desperately need some players in before some of very important matches. So you just we just need to get who we can get hold of. But I, mean, I think looking at Burnley as well, like they're a team that played two up top. Corne's off to the African Cup of Nations. They've only got Vidra, which means they're going to have to roll the dice on spending this money on a new striker. And as we've found out, it is quite hard to buy a striker in the January transfer window. Well, there aren't yeah, any strikers. <laughs> no How strikers. have we found a striker? As, as I said on the last episode. Um, I mean, the only way, the only reason that we're getting him is because he's got a release clause. There is no way Burnley would release apparently, him. Apparently, I hate, I hate to debunk Dave, but apparently mm-hmm. the release clause clause only applies in the summer. There uh, seems to be but, some confusion online about if there is a release clause or not at the minute. But it would seem mad for Burnley to sell him unless they've identified someone they desperately want to replace him. But even then, you would think financially it makes more sense to hold on to him till the summer than sell him to a relegation rival. Yeah, so I can't see the I can't see the the logic in them selling us if they didn't have to, because I I, I can't imagine that they they're going to go off and sign. I don't fucking know somebody else who's better than Chris Wood. For less than twenty million quid, well, maybe he's we'll lost see. a leg, and they don't. They're <laughs> not telling anyone. Mm, maybe. Yeah. W- w- one thing uh, we are learning is that um, a lot of the the talk. Tar- you know, a month or two ago, we were looking at a list of targets of players who are available or could be available, and you do sort of forget that there are other football clubs out there out there who might want those players as well and who uh, haven't just lost to Cambridge and aren't bottom of the Premier League. So maybe look like more appetising destinations. You know, Coutinho, we've been talking about, he's off to Villa. Lingard. So Luca Dinia is off to Villa, looks like Lingard's going to Spurs. I'm hearing, um, I'm hearing my sources. (laughs) I'm hearing. I really do have you know, there's a, a lot of and, and a lot of the the big name strikers. Uh, uh, you know, it seems like Arsenal are after a striker at the moment, and uh, people are going to choose them before they choose us. You would have to expect. And um, Pensworth says, bearing in mind no one apart from footballing hipsters like Dave Watson have heard of Sven Botman off. He like literally actually acts, acts in 
Sven Botman on his Twitter account here. So I think it's a bit of a mean thing to do. Um, <laughs> uh, bearing in mind, uh, no one apart from footballing hipsters like Dave Watson have heard of Sven Botman a week ago. Could you come up with a footballer name generator which all fans would convince themselves would be the answer to our centre-back striker central mid- midfielder woes? I.e., Axel Legrand, combat, combative box-to-box midfielder who plays in the Dutch League, worth £45 million, essentially. Please discuss for 30 minutes the fact that that widespread delusion is the central is central to the experience of being a football fan. I mean, I, I, do, know, I do see what he's getting at there, which I, I think I spoke about on the last podcast, which is... <laughs> there is a weird thing about being a football fan where we just we all get very strong opinions about these footballers who none of us had heard of two months ago and then we don't get them and we never hear of them ever again. <laughs> There's like but a 19 like year old. a couple old. of weeks in 2011 or whatever, they were the solution to all our problems. We really, really, what we need to get in, we desperately need Axel Legrand. We need Axel Legrand. <laughs> Why are we not getting Axel? I can totally see him fitting right into our side. Axel Legrand. And then, you know, Okay. Yeah. Well, there's this French 19-year-old who we've been linked with. He's meant to be the next Mbappe. Nobody, I guarantee, had heard of him before this. And it no. could go nowhere. So I'd never heard of him. Saw that these links went on my, you know, went down in that rabbit warren and watched videos of him, looked at his stats and all the rest of it. It must be his agent talking because yes, he's in a purple patch of form at the minute, and he's got a good, he's got decent technique. But you know when you see a footballer and you can see a spark of something special, where you look at him and you go like, he's maybe in a poor team or he's like he's not in a great run of form, but he's got the either the vision, the the, the ability, or the the athleticism, whatever you can see it. In him, he's got a little bit of a technique, but he, he just reminds me of someone like Abel Tarapt. You know, just just a bit show pony. Not it's not enough end product. And he's in a purple run of form, but if you look at the goals, a few of them are penalties, and quite a lot of it is because of either bad defending or the ball's being put on an absolute plate for him. So you're following, listening at home. We're talking about a striker that we haven't named. I don't know who he is. Some, some, some <laughs> that can't even remember his name. It, it, it's a palindromic name. It's Ekitike. Oh, right. Yes. So it's E K I T I K E. Right. I've seen that name floating around. Ekitike. Who knows? But like, Ekitike. Yeah. It is true. There's a lot of these players. Sven Botman, will we ever hear of him again? We talked about him intently for. A long time, and then that's it. I don't think that deal's dead, you know. Oh, okay, I think well, I think it might be the tail end of the the window where we get a closure on it, but I don't think it's dead. I think James. we need to wait till we find out what Fergus is hearing. <laughs> I'm hearing. Uh, Tames the, which is a Twitter name, apparently. Uh, there was a lot of talk about the new owners building a network of clubs with Inter being mentioned a lot. What do you guys think? There's a lot of bad grammar in the tweets I'm getting tonight, guys. <laughs> Please, guys, proofread your tweets. What do you guys think is happening? Oh, no, actually, I just read that wrong. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's, fine. it's actually fine. I just read that wrong. 
There's either a lot of bad grammar or, <laughs> I, or I've just said... Well, that ketamine's kicking in. Or I've just um, bad ketamine. I wouldn't be surprised if the the new owners were looking at the Manchester City model. You know, I think it's called the City Group. They bought up like New York City FC. They've got uh, Melbourne FC, Melbourne City FC or whatever. And they've just loads of clubs all over the planet who feed into new uh, into Manchester City. And I wouldn't be surprised if the, the Saudis were looked at that and thought that's not a bad idea, that. But so, what if, I mean, if Inter is being mentioned, what if it turns out, they turned up, they watched the, Inter game, the, the Cambridge game and they thought, do you know what? I think this should, should probably be the feeder club. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't make this. Maybe this one, this one shouldn't be top of the pyramid. <laughs> I think the only Could thing be, but... saving us in that situation is the Premier League, the, the quality sure. of it as a league. Otherwise, mm. yeah, you would look at those two yeah. teams and think, one of those <laughs> needs to be fed to the other. It would be interesting okay. if they do buy Inter and we both get into Europe because I don't know what the rules are about one owner owning two clubs. That's happened with a couple of Red Bull teams though, hasn't it? Salzburg and whoever the other Red Bull one are. Well, luckily that isn't, luckily that isn't something we'd have to worry about just yet. (laughs) Um, So before I move on, this is your opportunity. Are there any other Transfer targets that you would like to talk about, or just Aaron, you know, it's oh. all gone a bit quiet on Aaron Ramsey, but I really hope Aaron, he's got COVID. Oh, of course, yeah, but I really hope we sign him. I think, in a weird way, it'd be interesting to see if if the Watford result makes a difference. Like if Watford beat us when we start to look closer to relegation, you'd have to think that makes us less attractive to more players. If we beat Watford and we're out of the relegation zone, that might make us more of a draw. I wonder how much effect that would have on players. Sure. So, I mean, any any player that comes to us right now in the situation we're in has to be contemplating that the club getting relegated is definitely a possibility. So yeah. if that's if that's a big issue for them, they'll either not come to us or they'll stick a relegation clause in or something. Do you know what I mean? That's whatever the mm-hmm. result against Watford, that's you have to be contemplating that. If you but I think that. if we're not in the relegation zone and they have a choice between, say, us and Palace, if we look if we look like we're very capable of playing our way out of the relegation zone, then we're the more interesting proposition there I think sure. if, yeah. we're, if, if they're, we're if they're six not, points adrift then yeah. it's Palace if they're not intently following uh, the Premier League because you know if, it, if Axel Legrand is sitting in some cafe and picks up Gazetta de la Sport or whatever it's called and looks up um, the Premier League table and we're just out of the relegation zone then maybe that will work in our favour any other players' targets? You've mentioned Aaron Ramsey. Well, we need Anyone a centre back. Yeah, I still, I still think because I don't think the Botman deal's dead in the water. We've been linked with Benoit Badiashile, but he's out for like three or five weeks. We're linked with uh, who else? Are we linked with who's that? Like Rob Holden, Diego, oh, Carlo. 
Yeah, Diego Carlos. Um, we've been linked with an absolute stack of them. What that says to me is that we are definitely on the hunt for at least one centre-back. I would, I would hope to pull in somebody of that calibre, but I would accept James Tarkovsky. Like, like not him, but like someone like him. Like I tomorrow. hope that we... I hope that the way that we're looking at it is, and maybe this is the case with Chris Wood, that it's like, well, we know that we need a striker. We can't afford to wait till the end of January for mm. one specific target. So we'll get this one where we while we can. And if a great striker yeah. becomes available, we'll get them. And I hope that it's the same with uh, a centre-back. You know, if Botman is the number one target, well, if we can pick up another Centre back for fifteen million or something. Yeah, it improves our squad. Then we'll get them, and then yeah. who knows? We might get a forty million centre back. As well. I do think as well, but the way the market is across Europe is in our favour. The financial difficulty a lot of teams are in. Yeah, this it'll probably be a window where we're actually a lot more active than we have been on the last day. We're not going to be scrabbling yeah. around trying to loan Hamza Chowdhury at the last minute. I could see us doing something mental. I think the more frustrated our board get, we're not be able to sign anyone. They might just, on the last day of the window, <laughs> just splurge 80 million on a complete unknown quantity. Well, there's a, a do you know the uh, Sunderland Till I Die Netflix documentary? Oh, yeah. 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 Have you watched it? Yeah. There's one where there's a scene when their owner is he, he, it's it's deadline day it's it's like the hour hour before midnight or whatever the deadline is and um, oh, what's his name uh, Will Grigg Will Will Grigg and the manager keeps on telling him he's not worth two million or whatever the number is and you yeah. can just see he's just too built up into like the excitement of desperately wanting to sign a player that day. So he's just basically <laughs> playing football manager. He's an owner and he really wants to sell a striker. He just keeps on up in the price and up in the price. So that, yes, that could be the case with us, except instead of it being 2 million, we find ourselves paying, spending 80 million on Martial or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think there is a, there is a benefit to doing, like to buying like a Chris Wood or something now. And yeah, like we're saying, another centre-back. But like then going, as you say, like keeping up a bit of our powder dry to have a top-tier striker at the end of the, a top-tier player at the end of the window. Yeah, absolutely. I think we need as good as we can get in now. And I don't, we can't bring in, eight players and completely disrupt the squad but we need a few we need players now but there's no point I've seen us linked with players where you think they'd be okay but there's no point signing them now for the benefit of having them in a week sooner than we could get somebody better right yeah yeah, sure it's like when fans desperately wanted us to get Charlie Austin felt we had to get him you just thought that's there's no point spending that money that could be spent on a different player who is going to be better the difference this time is we will actually sign players in the positions we need yeah I mean there's that, that young kid that Hugo Ekitiki or whatever his name is 
he's they're talking about like 30 35 million for him and you can go and get Patrick Schick for I think it's around 35 million so why would you go for this unproven kid when like Paul's saying you can go you can you could buy, spend that money on somebody a bit better and it might well, be at the end of the window to us, he's not coming to us Patrick Schick apparently is he not who says that where have you heard that and what Just I'm hearing yeah. uh, he's not coming to us what I'm saying is I read it in a tweet Right, yeah, but I think uh, it is true that a lot. I think a lot of these names that we've been floating around, we're just not a consideration for them. Yeah, there are other clubs in the Premier League. Yes, there's there's not that many clubs spending, but you know, you you choose between Arsenal and Villa, for example, and us you're going to go to one of them. You know? I think as well, if you want to raise the profile of your client or try and get them a move or try and get them a better contract to their current club, who do you link them with? It's us at the minute. Mm-hmm. But most most £50 million players at the moment will have better options than us. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 they'll all have better options than us if there are people out there interested. But I think Paul's point was that if an agent says, or oh, one of the teams interested is the richest club on the planet who have enough room in their FFP to spend an absolute fuck ton in, in January if they want to, that means that their their like um their player is going to be able to demand more because they can lie and say, Well, well, Newcastle yeah, will offer us. They are, but they are but when it comes down to it, I think a lot of those players will still make a choice that's better. For their career, they might use they'll use us to up yeah. their wages and their fees, but we ultimately won't actually get that player. But you know, I think, who knows? I think look at Sven Botman, for example. He's a very highly rated player who in the summer people expect to go to Liverpool or that equivalent of club. He's still liking Instagram posts with him being linked to us and is keen on a move to us. So you sort of think we are still we're a good proposition. But certain clubs, I think it's quite clever that we're looking at players who are in like the last six months of their contract a lot of the time because other clubs just won't spend money on those players knowing that they could be free next summer, whereas we will. Sure. Well, um, hopefully there'll be uh, lots more to talk about. It is exciting to be in a transfer window and not just hoping that we'll get I don't know. It's Danny Rose on loan. It's the quite exhausting as well. I've found myself yeah. refreshing Twitter all the time to the point where it's getting quite addictive. I think I might start locking my phone in a box Stephen on the 1st Keen, of February. I'm, Stephen, I'm going to move on from transfers now. Stephen Keane says, we all know that the Watford game is massive. Do you think it's as simple as when we stay up and lose go down? Is it as simple as that, Dave? No. Paul, is it as simple as when we go up? <laughs> when we stay up, lose, we go down? Is it as simple as that? No. Okay, that was <laughs> the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is as simple as that, but it is a very, very important game, right, guys? It's very yeah. big, yeah. It's not the be-all and end-all, though. There are still plenty of other games. I think it has to be viewed in the context of where we're at, who's fit, and all the rest of it. If we 
if we can register Chris Wood in time, I'm a lot more confident about being Watford who have lost seven on the bounce. Like, plus, that's a Watford side without uh, Ishmael Assar and two, is it two or three other players who are at the African Cup of Nations? Um, so that it's a weakened um, That's right, they'll be, yeah, be without um, Dennis or Denis. No, no, Dennis is, has been excused by the Nigerian side. Oh, that's right. So he's, he's available to play. Scoring, he is on a scoring streak. Yeah. Um, but they have lost seven in a row. So they're not... Not in, they're in terrible form, realistically. And Cambridge aside, we've been playing okay. We've just come up against really good opposition. Sure. Yeah, I'd like to see after the Cambridge game, the bar is low, but I'd like to see Lascelles back in. I sort of feel really? like really. Well, in terms of it was the case of him and Emil Kraft at centre back. We've only got share. Really, Fernandez isn't available. Clark's not available. Okay. Dummett was on the bench, but I think it would be a big call to give him his first start in however long. Oh, let's get a centre back quickly, please. Yes, <laughs> it does feel depressing. Can we see I if mean, there's a release the clause for James Tarkovsky and get him? I'm in? so wary of. Oh, making it'd be so funny. I think we all predicted a win against Cambridge because it was a yeah. case. Of Surely, yeah. surely, will beat Cambridge. <laughs> but I, I do feel that we are like it doesn't matter who we play. We do find a way to to not win. We always adjust our performance so that you can say, "Well, we created chances and we did this and we did that, but we didn't quite win." But Watford is a very, very winnable game. Paul, do you want to give me a prediction? One-one. One one, Dave. Two one to us. Two one to us. I'm thinking stupidly because it's as if what I say will have some influence on the result. But in my head, it's like if I predict a win, we won't win. So, um, against what? I mean, surely. However, I'm going to predict two two. <laughs> wow. Two two. Yeah. Uh, I genuinely think uh Chris Wood, if he's registered in time and can play, I think that we will I think he'll score. I also think that Trippier will score. But be honest with yeah. yourself. Mm. Is your opinion of mm-hmm. Chris Wood? Mm-hmm. Influenced by the fact that we're about to sign him. <laughs> if we were not ever linked with Chris Wood, it never came into it, and I asked your opinion on Chris Wood in no relation to Newcastle, not as a potential signing ever, mm-hmm. just your opinion on Chris Wood, do you think it would be exactly the same as it is now? Do you think you would be predicting that Chris Wood would score this Saturday, who scored three goals this season? Um. I would, yeah, I would say, well, I think I would say that if you ask my opinion on Chris Wood, I'd say he's a bang average Premier League striker. Okay. The, the trouble is we need a bang average yeah. Premier League striker right Fair now. Enough. Fair enough. 
And hopefully our new bang average Premier League striker will get us a goal this Saturday. Fair enough. Yes. I don't you know, I don't want to be down in it. I think he's, you know, an all right signing. I think as well, let's remember the last game before Cambridge, the man new one, which we deserve to win. And we've improved the squad with Trippier and hopefully Wood since then. That's a point. Trippier, free kicks, corners, delivery, and now somebody to get on the end of them. Is Chris Wood a more exciting signing than Dwight Gale was when we signed him? No. Similar, I would say. Yeah. So because it Dwight was Gale was an exciting <laughs> signing for the championship because he's sort of guaranteed 20 goals in the championship if he stays fit. Chris Wood, if he's fit, is almost guaranteed. I mean, I saw on Twitter earlier, the strikers that have got 10 goals a season for the last four years, it's Chris Wood, and then it's you're looking at like Son, Salah, Kane, I can't remember who else. There's not many. Yeah, it is slightly misleading because their double figures are like closer to 20 and his double figures are closer to 10. But the fire They're not is, playing for Burnley. Burnley are not no, an attacking true. team. So I think getting double yeah. figures four seasons in a row for a very defensive team. He's, he's all right. Over the years, I've had him in my fantasy team a couple of times. You know, he's... Yeah. He's, he's just a bang average Premier League striker, which is infinitely better than what we've got on the bench. Yeah. Hopefully. I think as well, if you're Callum Wilson, you see him coming in, you're sort of thinking, you're not thinking, my number nine shirt's in trouble here. No. But it, like you say before, it gives us a good option from the bench. Hopefully. And, we've and got a bit more, of a... Hopefully we've got a, another... Well, hopefully we've got another few signings coming, but hopefully we've got another signing coming in January who's going to be be even more exciting than Trippier and Chris Wood, right? Yeah, right. I mean, everything I've seen is that the the Trippier signing was like great signing on 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 the but on the cards for a while. The Chris Wood is like not not a panic buy, but a fuck. We need to address this immediately. Right, we've addressed this. Yeah, I would think you're putting "fuck" at the start of the sentence. (laughs) 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 Okay, maybe, Uh, but the the rest of the business is just like longer term plans, ongoing stuff. So we are still looking at like another striker in addition to Chris Wood. Yeah, more centre, like another like centre backs, a left back, a centre midfielder. We are still, by all accounts, you know, still shopping around yeah Chris so Wood is a reassuring one in a way because it shows yeah. whoever's making decisions has a level of pragmatism yeah and then and towards the end of the window loans might come into play as well mightn't they yeah and they could have come into play at any point but you know we might if, we might find it on deadline day we get Martial on loan or something who knows who yeah. knows all right Let's uh, let's leave it there. I'm sure there'll be plenty more transfer talk next week. But in the meantime, thank you very much, Dave Watson. Thank you, Fergus Craig. Thank you to you, Paul Dillon. Thank you. And thank you to you, the Newcastle NASA listener. Goodbye! If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.